0: welcome to javascript lifestyles podcast my name is kyle willard as always i am your host First and foremost, huge shout out to everybody who subscribed over on our YouTube, listened on Apple Podcasts, Google Pod- Podcasts, and Spotify. That's a mouthful. There is momentum growing, and I am beyond stoked to see folks enjoying the show and building a community. Keep it up! Any like, follows, shares, subscribe makes the dream work. It's a huge deal. And we'll ensure that we're able to continue to grow this community and evolve into the best software engineering podcast in the country, if not the world. That's the end goal, guys. Now, I have to admit that this show is honestly a summation of research that I am doing on my own behalf, right? But I wanted to share it as I research the topic. There's a ton there. And I wanted to make sure that we have a good conversation about this topic there were a few topics that I had in mind, but I chose this one because I think it's the next critical thing, right? We talked about resumes. We've talked about leadership. We talked about a ton of stuff already. This, Good God, we're almost episode 10 already. It's killing me. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is something that we want to focus on. We want to bring skills to the next level. Obviously, we're talking about portfolios. So, what is the purpose of a portfolio? You know, I mean, for, for a lot of folks that are that are listening to the podcast, and we have a few that aren't software engineers, which is cool. Um, you know, portfolio is basically your resume in a much more direct fashion, right? You know, the, the big downside to resumes is that they don't prove it. You know, I, I got to be real, right? You know, as, as somebody who's been in sales, if I had somebody that actually legitimately had a sales portfolio where they could actually show me that they sold stuff, I'm more inclined to hire that person. I wish that was a thing. Why isn't that a thing? Um, it, and the answer is, it's because it's hard to prove, right? And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have my metrics numbers hidden behind lots and lots of security because my metric numbers are nobody's business um you know the 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 purpose is to show off your skills with the projects you've created or that you've contributed to and that includes the portfolio itself it is super important to make sure that you have a production grade that you have production grade code throughout your projects and that you are projecting a professional and focused portfolio that shows your effectiveness, efficiency, and creativeness. Second, honestly, is to get your name out there in tandem with your projects. You know, showing off what you, the software engineer, the web developer, the front-end developer, the back-end developer, the full-stack developer, show what you can do. You know, the reality is you need to get your name out there and you need to show off why you stand above the rest. You know, let's let's take a look at what some of the experts say on the topic. And this comes from Code Academy. Um, Every developer who has completed a few web development projects should have a software developer portfolio portfolio. While a technical resume may be good enough to start applying to some jobs, a portfolio will show that you can actually use all the skills listed in your resume. Plus, resumes are usually only seen when you're looking for a job, while your portfolio can work for you all the time. You can share the link in your LinkedIn social profiles like Twitter, to let your contacts see what you can do. throughout your Through your portfolio, contacts learn more about you, see your work, and it makes networking and introductions easy. Who knows? Maybe the best job will come when you aren't even looking for it. Of course, if you haven't created any projects yet, you won't need to create a portfolio just yet. But the fact that you're reading this article shows that you're in the right spot to start building a strong portfolio as you start creating your own professional grade products, projects, if you're learning with Academy, you'll find portfolio projects built into our career paths, giving you the opportunity to start building out your portfolio as you go. We're going we're gonna to talk about those projects a little bit later on. It's a great introduction. It's a great point, right? You know and it it honestly it sounds like we're on the safe wavelength there, so let's let's kind of move on you know let's talk about what to include let Let's be real. this should be obvious, right? Your name first and most important, you need to have your name on it. make sure that it stands out, make sure that it is clear, concise, and it's going to be seen with the by the user within the first millisecond. That they get it get onto your portfolio. Make sure that it is professional, elegant, dear God. Make sure that it is legible. Second, second most important thing, we've already told you who we are. Now we need to make sure that you can get in touch with us. Second, and just as important as your name is contact information. You need to make sure that there is a fast route to get a hold of you. You want it to be quick. You want to make sure that they can fire off communication within seconds. That is the that is all most hiring managers and recruiters are willing to spend per applicant or prospect. Now, this can be done a number of ways. You can include a contact form. You can simply have an email visible for them to throw into their email client. But make sure that it's quick, right? You know, I personally, and this is just a a quick aside here, I personally am not a big fan of contact forms on a portfolio. I've seen a lot, you know, first of all, it's extra work, right? You're going to have to build it out. You're going to have to have some sort of server on the back end, most likely, or you're using PHP on the front end. And you're going to have to play with it a little bit, right? I don't like that. Put a mail to link. You know, and even then, I'm not a fan of mail to links. Just show off your email, because so many people have gone in the direction of using browser based emails. It's starting to become a thing where you know it's it's actually easier for some of us just to have a copy. You know, the cute little copy and paste link next to it. Click it. Move on to their email provider. Kick it over. Um, you know, if if. If they're set up and they're configured, right? Sure, you can do that with a web-based. I personally would rather just copy-paste it, but that's just me. And who knows, I could be wrong on this, right? So let's talk about packaging. And this this is kind of a weird way to put it, but you you wanna package your name, your contact information, and the job title that you want. And your name in a clean, streamlined fashion, right? I mean, let's be real. You want all of that front row. You want them, when they jump onto your portfolio, to be able to go from your name to your contact information to your socials, right? Your social media platforms that you're on, your GitHub, et cetera. You want all that, like, within the first 10 seconds. Because I want a a recruiter. I want somebody who is ready to sign me up before they even get going. To know exactly how they can get a hold of me in what medium. And I mean, we're going to talk about projects here in just a minute. But, you know, you, you want to make it quick and simple for people to get a hold of you. You want them to know who you are. You want them to know what job you're, you're wanting to get. And then you want them to be able to get a hold of you in a rapid fashion with social media or an email. So moving on, the next thing is tell your story. Who are you? Why Why should I care about this person that gave me a resume and a portfolio link and I'm staring at it? Like, why, why do I care? I don't want your sob story. I want your professional story. You know, what's your background? Where are you coming from? What experience do you have? What struggles have you, you know, overcome? You know. You need to make sure that you have some sort of a sh- short biography. Make sure that it is concise and make sure it's going to hit all of the points that you want to hit with employers while being careful not to include things that might detract from your skills or achievements. You know, employers, just like everyday, you know, average people, they're people. That means that they have buttons that you're going to push. If you push the right buttons, you're going to get a job. If you push the wrong buttons, you're going to get sent to the scrap box, right? And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blunt and honest earlier on in this one. This is one where I am fairly opinionated. And I'm just going to tell you how I see it because there's a lot here that as a former hiring manager, like there's a lot of stuff that I see with portfolios that I've looked at because I have other people having me look at them, you know, along with resumes, what have you. And there's stuff that I see that I really just want to rip my hair off and scream, because there's literally things that you should never do. And unfortunately, people fall into those traps every single day. All right. And we're <laughs> the irony is, is we're moving way, way faster than I'd anticipated. You know, we're we're 10 minutes into this thing including the intro and i'm already like two thirds through this so maybe i should have come up with more content good thing i have some filler to go with it um let's talk about you know let's 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 actually jump a little bit let's talk about your social media stuff right social media and saturation is a huge 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 thing i've talked about it repeatedly at this point i'm going to keep pounding on that I'm going to keep preaching about it. Social media and saturation, getting your name out there is huge. You know, one of, one of the biggest things, and I do a ton of analogies in the show, I get it. But one of the biggest things that is being discussed right now in the Call of Duty competitive world is the fact that there's some organizations that put out a ton of content that lets you see the personality and the behind the scenes, you know, real life views of their players their coaches their owners and those teams you know the optics the you know envies the phase right the hundred thieves these guys are the most successful because they have that presence and the reason i bring it up is because we need to think along that line right? We need to have a presence and we need to get out there to people because if people don't know who we are, they don't care, right? And I'm not saying go go out and create the next react. I'm not telling you to go create a framework or a UI library. I'm telling you to make sure that you're putting yourself out there enough that if I put your name into Twitter or LinkedIn or YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or, you know, just into Google, I'm finding something about you and you're gonna be one of the top results that are there. All right, you know we we covered this fairly well when we were talking about resumes. Um, you know, excuse me, there, I, 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 I really, it's hard because there's a lot of stuff that I want to go over, and there's there's a ton, a ton of stuff. Um, and you know, I, I basically said, hey, you know. Make sure that you have something and it's all linked together so you have kind of a a web of presence throughout the Internet, right? That's that's the basic premise. You know, part of the reason that this podcast started was because it gives me more exposure. I'm not going to lie. That's part of it. The other part of it is, is that I enjoy teaching people things that's that's one of the things that I'm good at doing. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy, you know, putting things together and I I really do enjoy giving back to some of the same people that have helped me along the way. You know, that's that's a big thing for me. You can ask people that, you know, I do business with on a regular basis. You can ask, you know, people that I'm in class with. I do a lot to try and give back to the people that are around me so that when I ask for help, they're inclined to give it because I'm already willing to put out the effort ahead of time. It's a little backwards. Most people just try and return the favor. I try and pay ahead so that when I need help, people are around. It makes more sense to me. It's not a huge amount of energy. It's not, you know, and it just makes sense. So talking about saturation, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. If you don't have GitHub or Bitbucket or something along that line, Sitting on your portfolio Don't even open the editor Don't bother Do not bother You need to have Projects that you can show off You need to have code You need to have projects Whether it's screenshots from You know For private projects So that you can show the functionality And just highlight what you did in that project but, I mean, at the end of the day, I want to be able to go to a GitHub, look at what code you have to dictate whether or not I want to hire you. If if you give me spaghetti code, this nasty hacked up pile of code that it works, sure, but I can do it in a third of the amount of time with, you know, half the lines of code, which person am I going to hire? Am I going to hire the one that's going to have clean code or am I going to have spaghetti code on my on my staff, right? Make sure you have a GitHub set up. Make sure that it's visible. You know, even if you're not, even if you're using like Bitbucket or something else, just put stuff on GitHub. You know, and there, as you're going through, you know, code boot camps and other things, you're going to be told to add repos to your GitHub. When you're done with school, delete them, hide them, do something, make them private, hide them, do whatever you want, but clean your GitHub up so that when they get there, they can see the stuff that matters. You know, GitHub gives you the ability. If I actually pull it up here, GitHub gives you the ability on your profile. And I'm going to be 100% honest my stuff is not clean right now. That's, that's something for the future. Um, but it gives you the ability to like pin different repos that you're excited about. It also gives you the ability to use a readme.md file and create basically a resume on your GitHub. But I've got pinned projects that are there. I've got a little resume sitting there. And what you need to be able to do is combine those two to give somebody the kind of presence that you want them to get from looking at that. You want them to look at this stuff in the same way that they look at a resume and a portfolio, right? You have a ton of options to do that. GitHub is great for doing that. They added features for us to give us a better way to sell our skills, our services, and our abilities. Utilize it. Please, dear God. Um, yeah, so let's, let's talk about social media. Which social medias are important to be on? Number one is LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is important because that is going to be the place where a lot of your recruiters and your HR people sit, right? That's what LinkedIn is for. Sure, there's going to be some like, you know, technical hiring managers that are hanging out in there and, you know, other people may look at it, but at the end of the day, the HR and the recruiter guys, that's their playground. That's where they're hiding and lurking. They're going to hit you up with a job offer, you know, if they like what they see there. Twitter, this is where most software engineers communicate with each other. You know, if you actually look at some of the bigger engineers, you'll see that there's full on Twitter conversations between them and other engineers. And that might be the place you find your job, right? YouTube, if you think that you are the cream of the crop, get on YouTube and teach other people, give your opinions on things, talk about how you can better the industry, Be the next Ben where you're you're trying to reinvent the wheel in a better way, you know, be the next clever programmer where you're, you know, teaching people how to program. Facebook is on here and I think Facebook is getting a bit antiquated at this point, but I would still have some sort of, you know, a, a profile. I personally run a lockdown profile because my Facebook is generally just for family and friends and my Professional side of things is at Twitter, and it's over at LinkedIn, Um, and then obviously it's it's on YouTube with the podcast, Uh, Instagram. Again, I don't know. I got one. I don't use it. Pictures of people. That's it. TikTok. I mean, I guess, sure, why not? But I mean, basically, what I'm saying is, if it's on this list, you know, consider doing something with it. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I don't know if I do. It's Just personal preference. You know, if, if, you're, if you're verbose, you know, you have the ability to talk a lot or you want to get ideas and thoughts out on, you know, in written form, consider writing a blog, consider setting up on Medium or Dev or, you know, consider even just grabbing a WordPress. Or if you really, really want to do it, take the time to build a blog into your portfolio. It's not something I want to do. I'm a big fan of simplicity and minimalist, and I you know, I'm going to link stuff, but I'm not going to build it into it. I, I just don't see the reason for that. I played a little bit with one of the iterations of my portfolio, <clears throat> bringing in my medium articles that I've written. I'm just going to link them. I don't want to fight with it. Because again, you know, anything that can go wrong is going to go wrong. So I'd rather just make it clean, simple. If you want to see, you can go over there and see what I put together. If you wanna, you know, see the podcast and all that stuff. I am very proud of the podcast. I think we have had a a great start. Um but yeah. Let's go to projects. This is the this is the crux, right? This is where people Slam themselves against the wall. This this is where they hit that wall. And it's talked about a lot. And you know, I I mentioned with the Code Academy quote that I was going to talk about the projects that they've got to build into your, you know, portfolio. Don't do that. I'm gonna tell you straight up. It's good to do projects as you're learning. Most of these are gonna be what's commonly referred to as a toy project do not include toys on your portfolio first of all they're not big enough for anybody to give a damn about second of all they're toys they teach a concept and you move on nobody cares you learn the concept congratulations give me meat right you know i I, and this is this is going to be a anti-vegetarian statement but you know for those meat eaters you're going to go and you're going to go get this, get that big, juicy steak, right? That's that's the top of the list. It's not a pork chop. It's not a lamb chop. It's a steak, a big, juicy, honking steak. You know, if you're if you decide to put a one on it, that's on you. But it's a big honkin' steak and you're going to nibble through the whole thing. Right. Big old chunks. That's the that's the top tier of the meats. You you do not give me cauliflower and tell me it's a steak. Do not give me fake meat and tell me it's meat. Right. And that's basically what including toy projects is to people that actually matter. Right. You're putting a toy on here and I don't care. You just wasted 30 seconds of my time on a toy project when you've got this 3000 lines of code sitting in another project that I could have gone and looked at that better shows what you're capable of doing. Which one do I care about? Do I care about the 500 lines of code or do I care about the 3,500 lines of code, right? Focus your portfolio projects to production grade code and make sure that what you're including is good stuff. You, You want the prime rib, you don't want a hamburger. You know, I haven't touched it just until this point In the episode, because I literally think that this is the most important part, right? This is where you prove that you're worth a damn, that you're worth the energy to invest in to decide your value as a developer. Do I take another 10 minutes and actually go line by line by line in one of these projects? And do I look at that demo Or do I move on to the 300 other applicants that are sitting in my inbox? This is where you catch it, right? This is the close and sales. You know, you you go through the entire sales process and you do a soft close and then you do a hard close. This is the soft close. This is the close saying, hey, do you want to buy this? And then your code when they actually see what you're able to do is the hard close. This is you're buying this, right? You want to get to the point where you can look at them and go, hey, I'm that good. You're going to buy me. You're going to give me a salary. You're going to put me on staff. You're going to train me up in whatever frameworks and libraries that you're using. If I'm not already you know, competent in them and you're going to pay me out the nose because I'm that good, right? And let's be real. Most software engineers make a ton of money. But guess what? You're going to be on the lower end of that spectrum if you struggle to get a job because your portfolio isn't robust enough. These projects count as experience, basically. If I went out and I was skilled enough to create the next programming language and it was so cool that it replaced JavaScript on the front end and it replaced, let's say, you know, java or python in the back end and they played together perfectly where i could make a single application and deploy it once and i had front to back and it was amazing it was amazingly intuitive and it was just perfect i would have a job in a second i could write my own check not because everybody's going to use it because i mean that'd be pretty rad that's basically what we did with node right but because of the fact that i've shown skills that are far above you know 90% of the other software engineers on the face of the planet okay the average engineer you're not going to be that good you're going to be in you know you're going to be in you're going to be in the middle or you're going to be in the middle of the bottom or you're going to be in the middle of the top you know there in every different profession in every single sport there's the top 1%. And those people get to dictate what they do. So, I mean, your job is to get as close to that as you can. If you're one of those people, congratulations I'm Beyond Jealous and, you know, good on you. But the harsh reality is, is that most people aren't that good. I'm not that good. I'm not going to sit here and, and toot my own horn and say things that aren't legit. I'm, I'm not in that top 10%. I'm probably not in the top 30%, but you know what? I'm good. I'm solid. I do the job. And the best thing that I'm good at is that I can sit there and I can grind away at something and find ways to make it work and then come back and refactor it to make it nice and clean and pretty, right? And that's the job. And as you gain more experience, you get faster at these things. You end up in positions where you have to refactor less because you're already jumping through the crap that you have to refactor straight into the refactor because you've learned how to do it. You understand the concept well enough to get there. And that's the point, right? If all of your code is production grade and it's already refactored to be as dry and as concise and effective as possible, that's not a concern. All right. Oh, let's look at these notes for a second here. You know, You know, it, it literally is the most important part. It really is to prove your the worth of the energy to invest to really decide on your value as a software engineer. I'm not a huge fan of that language because it's harsh. You know, I, I left it here because I think it's important to be honest. You know, the reality, as cold as it may seem, is that nobody cares. Let me say it again. Nobody cares. Unless you're a big name in the industry... Or you have well-known projects, you're just a little dude. You basically are just a number until you can get into the industry and start making substantial innovation. And that's the reality as a software engineer. You know, most people into you know staff engineers. You know, you're 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 not the new guy. But getting into getting into lead engineers in, in a lot of these larger companies, especially like it's it's a task. And you have to be extremely skilled. Now that we've dealt with the massive elephant in the room, let's talk about the positive. The positive is that software engineering is growing. The market is expanding and will continue to as long as we continue as a planet to be more and more reliant on web-based applications. Right? We used to be really, really deep into desktop applications. Right? We were using a lot of Java, a lot of C+. You know, C-sharp hit that, Python hit that, but we're, we're radically changing that a lot of our applications are becoming web-based, which is why web developers have become, you know, where everybody wants to be a lot of times. You know, this is good news. More good news is that the industry is barely cut and dry. You gain the skills and the knowledge and you demonstrate them and you can find a job as long as you act professionally. You know, if, if you say dumb things... If, if you're really that, like, dense, <laughs> I guess I should say, or, like, you're, you're super, super anxiety-ridden, like, it's going to be harder. But by the same token, there's starting to become more room for folks and more understanding for people that struggle with stuff like that. You know, software engineering, you know, is, is one of the places that folks that are on the spectrum really do well because they can just focus in and crunch out code. You know, there's not a lot of industries that you can say that in. And because of that, you know, people are becoming a little bit more open to the idea of hiring folks that are on the spectrum. And I mean, to be fair, that's because there's a lot of people in the industry that are on the spectrum that don't even know it or they didn't know it until they were already in. Right. But the reality is, is that this is a cool industry because there, the diversity in it is is massive and it's getting better, you know. Um, yeah, here's the bad news. It's constantly evolving, right? We keep getting new languages. We keep getting new frameworks, you know, and languages do change, right? I mean, it was, it was a huge thing when React went from basically only being able to use class components to using hooks, right? That was a big thing. Saves a ton of code. Um, you know so i mean you're you're going to have to deal with that you know the majority of large companies will hit you with the topics that would you would normally learn in cs right and it makes the interview harder you know when you when you study up for technical interviews more often than not you're going to learn data structures and algorithms these are the things that cs courses in college really get you ready for because they basically break it down to the smallest possible denominator and they build it up you know it's something that boot camp struggle with and it's something that boot camp graduates struggle with right you know but that's the reason that we have other services like algo expert that came out and you know various others but it's hard to pass these if you don't put extra energy into it and it makes it harder to get into. That's, that's basically, that's your gatekeeper. Pass one of those interviews and there's a chance you're getting into a fang company, right? Even without a college degree. So let's get back to projects. In the design of your portfolio, there are a few things to keep in mind and realize I'm just one voice, right? I'm I'm taking this as, you know, I'm, I'm bringing to you my experience as a hiring manager, what I've seen, what I've learned, you know, my research on the topic, you know, and I'll be honest, I've looked through hundreds, if not thousands of different portfolios. That, that's my research, is that I look at other people's portfolios. I look at different things, you know, whether it's my classmates over at Lambda, whether it's, you know, top tier pros you know whether i go to a site and i just look for inspiration you know there's different lists that show you tons and tons of profile uh, portfolios and profiles and i strongly suggest before you really dig into one of these take the time to look at you know a few hundred hell look at a few thousand that's your first iteration is planning right if if you're If if you're going to be a software engineer, you have to understand the problem. You have to plan on how you're going to, you know, beat that problem, and then you have to do it. And then you got to figure after you do it, you got to realize what worked and what didn't, right? You got to bring that to your portfolio. Your portfolio needs to be the single best piece of code that you ever written. Um. No, and I'm I'm pretty good at gauging websites, but I'm just one voice. Figuring out what they're if they're gonna be good from a UX standpoint is really a big thing. If you don't know what UX is, please make sure that you know what UX is. The last episode we dove into that and UI. Make sure you hit that. Obviously, design is a huge piece of this, and it tends to be something that like engineers struggle with because we're not in comparison to like a UI or a UX designer. But the key needs to be that you're projecting a crisp, organized, and concise portfolio. Show images of the product projects. Include a link directly to the repo unless it's private, so that people can get a hard look at your code. Clearly state what you did on that project. For example, I keep a list of projects that I have and I'm working on. And what I'm doing in those projects? I mentioned the CRM project on the last episode that I'm currently in, and so far I'm doing, you know, a chunk of the planning, contributing to the frameworks. I've been basically the front end of developer on the project thus far. You know, I've been involved with file structure. You know, I've had a conversation with the entire stack is going to be. You know, these are all and that's just, we're starting this, right? Like we're, (laughs) we're not even to a prototype release yet, but there's a ton of things that are going to come into play with the project. And both my partner and I are going to end up neck deep in both the front and the back. That's just the way it's going to be. This is super important topic. So let's look at other people's feedback, right? So hack reactor, you know, if you actually look it up, and i'll actually uh, pull it up here hack reactor is a coding bootcamp right this is what they do they crank out you know software engineers if i remember right they actually have a really cool <laughs> curriculum yeah they have kind of a cool curriculum um they do again they do full stack javascript <laughs> talk about deployment and all that stuff they talk about application design development and job search. They do solo week, fundamentals of CS, you know, gearing up. I mean, they've they've got a pretty cool curriculum, right? They do in-person immersive, and I want to say they do some stuff that's online too. Overall, looks pretty cool. That was one of the companies I looked at before I went to Lambda. But here is their take, right? So here's on, on, on portfolios. Show your passion, number one. I agree 100%. First, number two, first impressions count. Dear God, this is true. Make sure that your your portfolio is wearing a suit, guys. Always keep up to date is number three. Number four is tell a story. Number five is don't get too wordy. Whoops. That's what I struggle with. Number six, include client work whenever possible. Number seven, testimonials are always a plus. Number eight, include passion projects. Number nine, keep it simple. Number 10, include open source work. Number 11, stay away from t- tutorials and toy work. Number 12, and dear God, do this every single time you make anything. Have another set of eyes, look it over. And again, I mean, the the link to the sources in here, as always, um, you know, I, I personally think that all of these are solid suggestions and there's things to really focus on. I want to first say that I took, you know, I, I first want to say, take a long look at this article because it's actually really good. But beyond that, let's go over a couple of things. First, don't get too wordy. This, as you might imagine, is a struggle for me. I tend to be the guy who can take 10 words and turn it into 100. I came from, you know, the thousands of times that I've had to write proposals, high school and college essays, things like that. Keep it concise. Keeping it concise is going to be huge when, you know, you're dealing with people that only have seconds to really look at stuff. Keep it clear. Keep it concise. Testimonials are a plus. This is massive. This is a great take. And, you know, if we're being honest, having the ability to say, hey, I worked for these people and this is what they thought about the stuff that we did is a good, good thing. This is something that anybody who's been in sale knows is a great thing to always ask for. First, you ask for your referrals. Second, you get a testimonial. This puts people at ease when they're looking at you to buy an item from you, right? Same deal. Because what the, you literally, you're selling yourself, right? You're the item to buy. And you're giving, you're getting testimonials about you, what you've done, how you work, how effective you are, how skilled you are how quickly you can get the job done. All of those things are what you want to tell them, right? Third, stay away from tutorials and toy work. I have to be honest. This is why I have minimal projects right now. I've done a ton of Udemy courses. I've done a ton of YouTube tutorials. I've done a ton of written tutorials. It's kind of my deal. I like tutorials. I think they're fun to do. With all of these, there are toy projects hyper simplistic projects that are really really small and they just again they really just teach a topic the other thing that there's a lot of are clones you know similarly styled clones and tutorial projects like don't don't include that stuff you know one of one of the most popular youtubers in the place is clever programmer these guys are great at what they do i mean they're they're hype. Their marketing is amazing. I think they have a lot of good information. I haven't done one of their actual courses, but I've looked at a number of their tutorials. And, you know, they, they teach you to make really good clones, usually with React and Firebase. Um, I'm gonna be real, I wouldn't ever include any of those clones on my portfolio. Why? Because the code's gonna be identical. I don't want my code to be identical to the next guy. It's gonna be similar, but I want it to be different. And I mean, I know that there are going to be people that are like, yeah, but you can rename things. And, you know, as long as the class names and other things are different, it's okay. I, I disagree. If you're going to clone something, first of all, clone it. Start from scratch. Go in piece by piece and clone it. Build as much as you can and make it look as good as you can. Obviously, you're not going to have the same infrastructure infrastructure as the original, but build as many of the components as you can why because you're gaining experience and you're showing that experience but if you follow a tutorial they're literally walking they're holding your hand while you walk through every single line of code and, and i want to be clear i'm not bashing folks that do courses and tutorials and clones i've done them but i need to be clear clones are acceptable but they need to be cloned without tutorials if you do the things the exact same way or clone the same sites, there's a good chance that you're just going to be ignored because people believe that you are showing off something that you were walked through line by line by line by the tutorial instructor. You need to be unique and stand out. Last on the list that I want to touch on is please, for the love of God, have others look at your portfolio prior to full deployment. Ensure your functionality, ensure responsiveness, ensure that you're hitting all the points. And make sure you spell-checked everything. Let's look at another article here <clears throat> prior to shutting stuff down. This one was from Springboard. Now, the reason I want to add this one was because there was, you know, there were some experts, ex- excerpts from this that were really, really good, and I thought that they added a lot of value to the last one, and it really did a solid job hammering down some of the topics. Um, so here's here's the seven best practices for um, creating a portfolio per, portfolio programming portfolio website. Dear God, I can't even speak English today. I apologize. Number one, tailor samples the role you want. Number two, include extracurricular work. Number three, ensure you have a responsive design. Number four, appealing visual design and layout. Number five, custom web URL. Number six, minimize the touch points. Number seven, include social proof now this one will be a little quicker than the last one because some of these are going to be common sense right but we're going to touch on a few and i'd strongly suggest taking a look at the whole article it's sitting here in the show notes as always um first why would you not tailor your samples to the roles that you want i gotta be real right like why wouldn't i sell the skills that I'm best at or that I'm most interested in. I don't want to go do a job that I'm doing the crap that I don't like doing, right? If you're really good on front end and you really enjoy doing it, go do front end. Sure, you might have the skills to be a full stack developer, and that's a great selling point when you go into the interview. I'm a full stack developer, I prefer to work on the front end. Cool, you're hired develop for what you want to do right you know if you want to focus on the front end focus on the front end make sure that you've got a ton of cool designs that focus on ui ux you know they're hyper responsive they're beautiful designs you know if you want to be a back-end developer you know build out solid apis if you're doing rest you know build some awesome rest apis you know if you're graph if you're running graphql run graph if you're running apollo run apollo show me what you've got that makes you a good fit for that role <coughs> excuse me allergies killing me today yo and if you're full stack dev and you want to do everything show a mix of both show a bunch of projects that you built both sides and they work together seamlessly you know it gives you the opportunity to really take it up a notch when you're a full stack developer. That's why it's becoming more and more popular to be a full stack developer than just one side or the other. Show what you want to work on. You know, the next one that they mentioned was a custom donate. They, I, I don't know why they said or a web URL. Kills me. It's a custom domain. And again, I'm, I'm going to be blunt here and I'm, I'm sorry if I insult people, but I'm going to be real. If you're not willing to shell out 20, 30 bucks and get a solid URL and hosting with your name on it or something to set you apart, then you simply don't want to get a job. This is a critical component. This is literally putting your name on it, right? If you're struggling to make ends meet and you simply can't afford it, I get it. That's certainly a thing. I'm, I'm not blasting it on you. But if, if you're a developer and you've got the money to go get a custom domain and you just haven't done it. Get off your ass and go get the job done. What are you doing? Your full time job until you get a job is finding and gaining employment in the industry you're wanting to be in. That's your job. Get off your butt and do the job. You know, I I, I understand broke. I understand having issues. Get a custom subdomain, you know, do the best you can with what you've got. I get it. And you know what? I'm going to 100% say that there are people that are in this industry that are in hiring roles. They get it too. Why? Because they're people. They have a friend or they have a family member or they themselves or somebody that they know has struggled financially and they're going to understand that. It's going to look more crisp, more professional to have a custom domain. But if you have to use a custom soap domain, at least it's got your name on it. At least you're doing what you can with what you've got. Use the resources you have. I don't want to see Umbrella Kangaroo 10 as your subdomain when you're showing me a portfolio. Because I don't know Umbrella Kangaroo 10. Is, is that your name? Did your parents give you that name? I want to know who I'm talking to just by looking at the domain. It's a, It's a big, big stylistic thing for me. It's a massive pet peeve. It's something I've had arguments over. I say the same thing about emails. You know, if you go to my personal email, my primary email, you go to my wife's primary emails, the name is in the email. Literally. Outlook, Gmail, I, ProtonMail, whatever you're using, use it, right? Look at, look at the show's email, at ProtonMail.com. You know, it, it it's very simple. And part of that was, you know, because of show promotion. But the rest of it is because that really, I want to feel a brand, right? It's branding. I want to be able to re- have your name written down and be able to write on a piece of paper at Gmail, at Outlook, at Yahoo Mail. Please, dear God, don't have Yahoo Mail. If you have Yahoo Mail, get something else. But the point is, is like be you put yourself out there now the third and they they this is really weird to me and this ties into the the testimonials but they say include social proof that's that's basically saying testimonials that said we already talked about the social media side of things and that's i think a combination of that right when you when you get testimonials you should be sharing that if you have somebody pop up and they say hey this guy is good put it on your twitter Put it on your LinkedIn. Show the world, right? Every time you get a certificate for finishing a Udemy course, put it on there. You know, sure, you can game Udemy. You're stupid if you do, but yeah, you can game Udemy to get your certification. If you get an endorsement from one of the boot camps, put your endorsement out there. Show the world all the skills that you've got. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be a culmination of skills, and that's what's going to get you hired. Show you're good at what you do. Again, the springboard article is linked. Take a look at it, read through it, get your things done. You know, and I want to. I want to quickly touch back on to the um, social media side of things. I did drop another link in here. Um, I kind of skipped past it when I was talking about social media. Basically, focus on getting your presence on the majority of the sites that you feel are going to be valuable. Twitter and LinkedIn probably are the two that I'd really strongly suggest you push on. Um, I included a link from Andela.com: How to brand yourself as a developer on social media. Make sure to hit the show links and show notes and to hit that link. Um, you know, make it pretty, really. You know, let's let's talk about skills. And I I don't know why I didn't talk about skills earlier on. This is something that I'd honestly package with your name, your contact information, and your social media links. You know. <laughs> you need to explain what your skills are, right? This portfolio is basically a combination of a resume and a portfolio that you would see like an artist do, right? That's, that's basically what this is. It's your resume blended with a creative portfolio. That's basically what a technical portfolio is. You know, e- explain the skills you have. Do you, do you only know HTML and CSS? Cool. You know, say that. Do you, have, do you know a programming language or two? say that. Do you have UI UX experience? Say it. Are you fantastic at making wire, at making wireframes with Figma and XD? Say it. What skills do you bring to the table? A ton of software engineers will make a cloud and and this is another aside. This this is another pet peeve and it's actually one that I've I've seen repeatedly said. Software engineers we like to use our logos. I mean, I I got to be real the react logo with the redux logo it looks cool and we end up making a cloud of logos or a bar of logos and you know to be honest stop it's messy it's a messy pain in the ass to put together in the begin with and in the end we're, we're talking about you trying to translate those skills to people who are like recruiters or hr people who more than likely don't know what half of those logos are There's a lot of these people, I swear to God, like I read this in probably two dozen articles. They're literally just going to control or command F. They're going to search through for the words that fit their company. That's it. You need to make sure that you provide those skills and words in a concise list. Separate them front and back. You know, show your additional skills. Show off what you've got. Use words. Make it easy to find on the first page. You know, I, I, th- I think it's funny as, as I start this closing, you know, I was so worried about time and we're already going over time here. <laughs> as we close today, I want to emphasize a few things. First, focus on translating you into your portfolio. Keep things clean, organized, semantic, streamlined. You want to make sure that your target audience gets a great experience while also making sure that you provide a professional appearance you know what your portfolio honestly amounts to is your first interview with an organization you know if if you're a fan of cooking shows and you've you've watched Gordon Ramsay then you've probably watched Hell's Kitchen at least once every single season in the first episode he asks the con- he asks for the contestants signature dishes and he goes through them and he critiques them usually pretty savagely this is the same thing this is you on a plate You are giving a recruiting team your all to show them that you are going to hit all the hot buttons that they're looking for. Take your time and do this right. Because if you screw this up, kiss jobs goodbye, right? If it's a disorganized mess or it's too hard to get to the information that people are looking for, like your social media links, your email, your skills, your code, they're going to bail and not waste their time on you according to uxdesign.cc in one of their articles 80% of recruiters said that they spend 3 minutes or less on a candidate's portfolio i think it's less than that i think it depends on what recruiter if you're if you're a technical recruiter like you actually understand what people are talking about In these portfolios, you might spend a little bit extra time and actually look at the code samples, but anybody who's more like the HR and just standard recruiting style, that they don't have a clue what any of the code does or says, they're not going to spend that time. They're going to look for the stuff that they need and they're going to be gone. You know, take the time, do the research. There are a ton of videos on this topic. There are a ton of different podcasts like, you know, Syntax, for example, that have hit this topic. There are literally millions of articles on the topic. Take the time to create a better picture for yourself during your planning phase. Take your time building your portfolio. You want it to be the best code you have written because it is you on a plate. Now, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for joining the show. It's amazing how much growth we've already seen. Let me know in the YouTube comments if you like this idea but there is a consideration that I'm possibly going to move the format from a recorded format to a live format over on Twitch. And the mindset behind that is that it's going to be more interactive. We're going to sacrifice some of the production quality, but it means that we could actually have like an after show or post show kind of situation where I just discuss stuff with other people, you know, it's something I'm considering. Make sure that on whatever medium you're looking at it, make sure to leave comments. Let me know if that's a good idea. If you really, really want it, I'm going to really focus on YouTube comments. So leave a comment over there. Um, if you have suggestions or you want to advertise or you have guests that you want to have on the show, I definitely am down to try and get them on. Make sure that you get a hold of us by email over at javascriptlifestyle at Protonmail.com, I believe. Dear God, I'm drawing a blank. Bear with me two seconds here. Um Yeah, JavaScript Lifestyles with an S on the end at ProtonMail.com. Um, and as always, make sure you smash those like, follow and subscribe buttons, share with your friends and families. Let's let's build a community, guys. That's that's really that's really what we're doing here let's build a community let's give people a place that you know they get the basic stuff and as we go through more and more and more we're going to get more advanced we're going to start from the bottom and we're going to build our way up you know eventually we're going to be taking on full on projects and coding them like that's that's the anticipated you know end result of this is that we actually start to make courses and build um thanks for listening i'll see you next week stay safe